Welcome to the show. Anything going on? What's going on? Let me be the first to congratulate the new Supreme Court Justice Kamala Harris. Yes, congratulations. It's a fait accompli. We all know where this is going, right? Yes, of course. Welcome to the show. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Pete at thepetecalendarshow.com is the email. And I'm the Pete of the show. And uh, you can also uh, hit me up on Twitter. You can hit me up on Getter. It's at Pete Calendar. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate it. And, well, let's start with the breaking news that just came down. NBC News reporting that U.S. Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer, he of the ice cream fame, uh, now is retiring. Not going to be an RBG part two. Not going to happen. Which... Oh, to be a fly on the wall in those conversations <laughs> with the administration, right? Because remember, I mean, the, there was a there's been a big pressure campaign by lefties on social media and um, in media and, and legacy media outlets, and you know they're trying they, they've been trying to get Breyer to retire because the guy's like a million years old, and they don't want to have him die in office or, you know, on the bench or while he still holds the position, let's say, because I mean, dying on the bench, that would, I mean, that would be newsworthy. But no, if he died uh, while in his term, right, then uh, you might not get the the best environment to replace, you know, some far left judge that makes up law in order to advance progressive ideas, uh, you might not be able to replace him with somebody who is a far left uh, lawyer with, uh, you know, this predilection to, uh, you know, use law to implement progressive ideas. So uh, they wanted to make sure they could keep that seat uh, on the progressive side of the ledger. So uh, he's gone. And so now, of course, all of well, he's going to retire. So now all of the focus is on who uh, gets the the nomination. So uh, like right out of the gate, I mean, I think the obvious choice is Kamala Harris. She's a terrible politician. And honestly, like we need to understand, first off, if you are, you know, a, a limited government uh, you are a constitutional conservative, uh, you're an originalist or something like you're not going to uh, get a Scalia or a Gorsuch or a Kavanaugh or a Barrett or a Roberts or like you're not getting anybody right of center uh, with that kind of judicial philosophy. Right. So we have to understand this is going to be somebody of the left. Right. Someone who's who is interested in joining Sotomayor and joining Hagen in making up definitions of words in order to fit a particular preconceived outcome, right? So you, you got to understand that going in. Okay, so who do you want to take that slot? Do you want it to be like some like really, really, really smart lawyer type, like, you know, somebody who, oh, Mark Elias, there you go. I've actually got, I had to re- stack a bunch of the show prep here because I was going to get I've got a bunch of stories on Mark Elias today it was going to be in the uh the third hour 
Which, by the way, we're going to uh, start the third hour talking to John Warren. He's running for U.S. Senate here in North Carolina, the Republican ticket. So, uh, yeah, one of the other candidates that are in the race that you may not have heard about, we'll talk with him. Um, so I was going to talk about Mark Elias in the third hour. So, you know, just move that to the front here and we'll kind of dive into that as well. But Mark Elias, who, uh, let me see here, I've got in one of these stories uh, that I pulled. Yeah, here it is. From National Review, a piece by Ryan Mills. Republican lawyers who have faced off against Elias describe an opponent who is smart, sophisticated, and hyper-aggressive with his litigation strategy and willing to go scorched earth if there's a prayer of overturning an election result in his client's favor. I mean, this really is who the Democrats should just go ahead and put in place, right? Like, somebody just just rip the Band-Aid off. Drop the mask, guys. We all know, like, this is who you want on that wall. You need me on that wall, right? This is the guy you want. He's just he's just going to burn it all down around him however he needs to, right? But they also describe a lawyer prone to puffery, inflating the importance of his victories in the press and on social media, and then falling silent when those victories are overturned by higher courts. He paints himself as a crusader for voters, they say, but is at heart a partisan Democrat motivated to help Democrats win at any cost. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, um, it's a great description of him. And there's a reason why he's in the news. There's actually a couple of reasons why he's in the news. Um, not the least of which is that now he is uh, trying to get into the case up in Maryland where he is defending the gerrymandered maps that Democrats drew. The defender of democracy now trying to defend the gerrymandered maps that are the worst gerrymandered maps in America. He's weighing in <laughs> and wants to be in the case to defend the Democrats on that. So what do you say? Mark Elias? Right? Do you go with Mark Elias? Uh, I say Kamala Harris, and I think this is a win for everybody, really. I do. So, first off, like, you gotta, like, I think you gotta get on board with the notion that she's a terrible candidate. I don't think it's hard to get on board with this notion, but she's a terrible candidate. She was when she ran for president. She was a terrible uh, attorney general, a terrible senator. Uh, she's just not very good at the politics she's not very good at speeches she's she's not very good and she's not a very good vice president either everything that biden puts her in charge of doesn't seem to get done although in her defense everything that obama put biden in charge of didn't seem to get done either but uh the 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 problem that democrats are looking at here is that if biden doesn't make it like cognitively or, you know, just uh, physically, health-wise, whatever. If he doesn't or decides he doesn't want to run for re-election or he can't run for re-election because his numbers are so bad, then is Kamala Harris the person that to do that? Is she going to then step in and try to win that nomination in another three years? And if that's the case, Democrats got to be looking at each other knowing that she's not a good candidate, right? So if you make her a Supreme Court justice then she's out of the way. I think it's a win-win for them. And then they could put somebody else in there. I don't know who it would be, but somebody to kind of like create a line of succession there. Yeah, or yes, that's true. You could go cinema or mansion. You could go you could name either one of those two and now you got a you can get a replacement in the Senate and then you get 51 votes. Maybe that's the way to go here. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT Pete Callender here. And uh, if you want to weigh in on uh, any of the topics, there's a ton of topics I've got co- uh, set up to cover today at uh, 704 570 1110 1 800 WBT 1110. 
the the big one obviously is what just uh, broke right before uh, we cracked open the microphone here, which is that Stephen Breyer, justice on the Supreme Court, uh, announced he is retiring, and uh, this is now going to set in motion a fight for the next Supreme Court nominee. Although <clears throat> I don't think, well, as I said earlier, it, you're going to get somebody on the left. It's going to be a lefty, and uh, that's not different than what we have already. So Breyer has done the Democrats a solid here, and Joe Biden a solid. Now, I, I'm, I'm not holding my breath on who's like up for the pick here. Like I suspect it's going to be like some really young left-wing moon bat. But it might not be. I mean, it might it might not be. I've seen, uh, well, Jimmy called in earlier and did not hang through the break, but his suggestion was Merrick Garland. And I've actually seen um, some folks who are advancing that idea. Let me see here. There was uh, Mark Hemingway. Here you go. Um, yeah, he says, serious suggestion, Merrick Garland. He's perceived as moderate enough to unite Democrats, which, by the way, he's not, um, and he could be used to pressure GOP over his previous rejection. You'll recall uh, it was Merrick Garland whose nomination before the last election prompted the Republicans to uh, halt it and say, no, we're going to wait till the election. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Trump won and Democrats cried foul and Merrick Garland didn't get uh, the seat. Of course, Biden then takes over and names him as head of the Department of Justice and that's the other part here that Hemingway says that if Garland does not want to flee the messes at DOJ right now, he's not as smart as I think he is. <laughs> and so this might be a good way to get him out of there and get him onto the bench. Again, I see whoever they pick, it's going to be a wash, right? It's not going to change any of the opinions on any of this stuff. I don't, I don't see Merrick Garland being a particularly persuasive justice that's going to be able to bring conservatives over to his judicial philosophy. Now, maybe he is. I don't know. You never know how this stuff you know, works out, but I, I'm not terribly confident in that. So I just I look at it as a wash. So now it just shifts to a completely political kind of question, right? Who do you want to pick? And if you're a Democrat, like this is basically your last chance to get Kamala Harris off the ticket, right? If you're trying to line up some sort of a succession plan because you think Biden isn't going to make it uh, if, uh, to a, another term for a re-election fight, if he's not going to make it, then you want somebody else, you would think. Or, or or maybe they don't. Maybe they maybe there's enough sentiment inside of the Democratic Party to leave Kamala Harris there so she just kind of withers on the vine because they know she's not a good candidate either. That's possible, too, because she's not a good candidate, like, at all. Um Mansion and cinema, I don't know, like, cause it, it, because then you're going to get an appointment. I don't know how the different states do it. Are they Democratic governors? Are they Democratic? I mean, are they lawmakers? Is it the legislature that would make that appointment? I think they're all probably governors. Do they have another revote? If you put Mansion in there, you're going to end up with probably a Republican senator. So, I mean, I think people are kind of making that suggestion about cinema or Mansion more uh, as a joke than anything, but... Uh, oh, here, this the White House has the statement that uh, it has always been the decision of any Supreme Court justice if and when they decide to retire. 
and how they want to announce it, and that remains the case today. We have no additional details or information to share from the White House. And Philip Wegman from uh, Real Clear Politics, and uh, now he is with, or he was formerly of the Washington Examiner. He's the one that got yelled at by President Biden at the press conference. Remember where he said, uh, well, I thought you got into journalism because you could read English or whatever, right? So Wegman says the White House is not confirming or denying the NBC report um, on Justice Breyer's retirement. It was an NBC scoop by Pete Williams. Uh, The press secretary is deferring to the justice, Breyer, as is tradition. So there is still an opportunity, I should say here, that Breyer is not retiring. It's possible that somebody leaked bad information out. It would not be the first time that some bad info made its way into the press from the uh, <laughs> from the Supreme Court. It wouldn't be the first time in the last uh, week or so. Let me get Dan on here real quick. Hey, Dan, I got about 30 seconds for you. What's up? Hey, I just had the nightmare scenario of the lifetime pop into my head. Uh-oh. Kamala Harris is appointed to the Supreme Court seat. Joe Biden appoints Hillary Clinton as his vice president. <laughs> he suddenly leaves office with some kind of big medical catastrophe, and Hillary appoints none other than Michelle Obama as her VP. Oh, my gosh. That, is that a nightmare what? or what? That is pretty nightmarish, although I don't really care about uh, Michelle Obama as a veep. I do care if it would be Hillary as president. Oh, my God. Like, oh, Jesus. You, yeah, you that's want, my biggest concern. Right? Oh. If you want to antagonize half of the country, you that Boy. would be the plan to do. That's, that's crazy. It. All right. Hey, Dan, I appreciate the call, buddy. Thank you. Here's Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Some of the reaction to the news that... Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is uh, going to retire, and I believe it's going to happen, actually, after this current term. I think he's going to serve out this last term, and then he's going to uh, retire after that. Um, so Noam Bloom, or Blum, uh, he's a writer and a, a video game streamer guy, but he also does politics and stuff. And uh, he says, Joe Biden is to, uh, this is the, I don't, take it for where it's coming from. This is from Noam Bloom. I don't know what his sources are, but he just said, Biden to replace Justice Breyer with Justice Baskin Robbins. That's the, or Anthony Abitis, he's suggesting um, Greta Thunberg. How dare you? Um, all the progressive groups, this is Brian Riedel. Um, I forget where he, who does he write for? He's a senior fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Yeah, the Manhattan Institute. And um, he points out all the progressive groups like Emily's List and all these groups that, like, they were all going to war over cinema and mansion, but particularly Kirsten Cinema, over issues that were really unrelated to their group's primary mission. They are now in a pretty awkward position, right? Emily's List is the pro-abortion people, right? And cinema is, like, she's pro-abortion too. So you picking a fight with her and targeting her for destruction over the voting bill, over the nationalization of our elections, and the destruction of the filibuster? Like, politics is so much about relationships. And when you go after people like that, and you target them, and you try to destroy them like they've tried to destroy Mansion and cinema, and now... You're going to need their help because, as David Harsani at National Review, uh, Review 
suggests, like, considering this is Joe Biden, right, and Ron Klain, chief of staff, which, by the way, I think the knives are coming out for him. People are like, if he uh, doesn't get let go or if he doesn't resign after the midterms, then he's going to get forced out. But um, David Harsani says, watch Biden turn around and nominate some progressive nutball putting Manchin in with the opposition. I could see that happening. (laughs) I could totally see that happening. Oh, yeah, the Biden administration naming some, you know, somebody who is so unappealing, who is so crazy that they've got to they've got to drop it and then they don't get anybody before the midterms. I could see that kind of train wreck occurring. And look, I'm old enough to remember when it was always sort of uh, understood that when you threw out a, uh, a candidate or a nominee like. There was always one that the opposition was going to find some reason that the uh, opposing party was going to find a reason. And, and then you would pull them back and then throw out some other. But so you always had like, you know, the, the plan B was actually the plan A. Right. That, I mean, I've seen this like there's there, there are mountains of uh, white papers and books written about the strategy behind uh, getting Supreme Court uh, picks. Now, I mean, there's a whole cottage industry surrounding this stuff. And if like. Like, if the Kavanaugh confirmation process didn't sort of pull back the curtain on a lot of these actors, I'm not really sure what else you needed. But John Hayward at Breitbart, he says, it's time to pop the clutch on this dumpster fire presidency and see what kind of damage you can really do. That's... (laughs) Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, Merrick Garland. I mean, this is going to be... um, this is going it, to it's going to be where the rubber hits the road here on uh, Democrats and their consistency, because remember, they said that like that seat should have been his because he was the nominee. Well, if you really believe that, then shouldn't you nominate him for the seat? Right. OK, so here's another one. <clears throat> seeing all sorts of uh, all sorts of strategy, game theory, getting worked out here's one um kamala harris is the nominee and then she gets confirmed elena kagan now feels bewildered and completely alone the vp office is vacant no one to break a 50 50 tie to confirm a new vice president gop senators in states with a democrat governor should hire extra security next in line for potus is the speaker (laughs) so that's true if kamala harris goes over to the Supreme Court, then it leaves open the Veep slot, and there isn't anybody there to break the 50-50 tie. Oh, my goodness. And there are not... So, I don't know. Do you need 51 votes to confirm a new vice president? I don't think so. But a lot of games getting uh, getting charted out here. All right. Uh, And that's all this is going to be, obviously, for a little while. It's all speculative. Hang on. Let me see what Sean Davis says. He's always a good read from uh, The Federalist. He says, if things weren't bad enough politically for Democrats heading into 2020 elections, vulnerable Democrat senators are now going to be forced to walk the plank for what we know will be a radical leftist uh, Supreme Court nominee. What a hilarious nightmare for them. That is so true. Um do, 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 under sorry i'm just looking through here there was uh somebody who's charting out here josh hammer interestingly enough the 
Legislative underreach is... Oh, that's uh, that's not, not related. Underreach. Um, I thought it was something else regarding the uh, Supreme Court. Uh, this is... Democrats have supported all of Biden's judicial picks. D.C. Circuit Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson, often cited as a possible Supreme Court nominee, was just confirmed 53-44 in June, picking up three yes votes from Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, and uh, Lisa Murkowski. Which... By the way, uh, uh, what's his name? Bonchi over at redstate.com says, hey, we're going to find out now uh, where all these you know, Republicans are, if they've learned anything uh, over the last few years and anything from Donald Trump about how to fight. We're going to find out. Ed Morrissey from hotair.com says, and just like that, Joe Manchin became valuable to Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer again. So let's ask Elizabeth Warren and, and Bernie Sanders and all of their ilk about their primary strategies now, right? You gonna you still you guys still wanting to target Mansion and Cinema for primarying? You still want to go after them? Yeah, this is this could get very very ugly, uh, but also hilarious at the same time. Um, let me see here. I saw also uh, do, do, do Kurt Schlichter. Uh, is that three days in a row I've mentioned him now? He said, uh, the least surprising thing ever is the retirement of Breyer. If you need proof that the Democrats think the GOP wins the Senate in November, there you are, right? That's what, the, that's what this means. That's what this indicates. And Breyer was probably sticking around to make sure, like, when, you know, because if, if Democrats were somehow, you know, in a stronger position to hold the Senate, he may, he may have stuck around longer. I don't know. Uh, nobody really knows. He hasn't said. So it's possible. By the way, I saw. what's the other big story? Everyone's talking about Nancy Pelosi, how she's going to run. She's like 81 years old or something, and she's going to run for, what, what is she up to now? 19, 20 different terms? 20 terms? Like, that's 40 years. Come on. Really? You don't. You don't need to be in office that long. But here's the thing. If she says she's not running for re-election, all her power is gone. She's a lame duck. And everyone kind of knows she's already a lame duck. So at least this way she can still kind of maintain that, uh, the projection of power for the remainder of her term before November. Right? Like, that's that's my read on it. I, I just, what do I know, though? But I, I'm just looking at it saying, okay, you got, what, a couple months before the election, probably going to lose the House. And then you, the best you'll have is minority leader, and that's got to be enough to keep Democrats on board. Same thing going on with, like, Roy Cooper, for example, in North Carolina as the governor. Um, you know, Democrats recognize that they're going to get shellacked, uh, but Cooper and his veto is their only power, and so they need to keep, you know, fortifying him. Um, so he's going to be as powerful a weak governor you can have in this state, but he'll be a powerful, weak governor in a lame term uh, or a lame duck term. So uh, for whatever that's worth, I don't know. But that's just kind of my read on it. And I think the same thing is going on with Pelosi. She'll win her seat, but I don't think she's going to have a lot of power uh, going forward. I think everybody kind of realizes that. Uh, All right. So let me get to. Oh, hang on. I had. Yeah, here it is from Joseph in an email to Pete at the Pete Callender show. Pete, Biden's personal pick for the new Supreme Court justice is probably Matlock. Maybe second, Perry Mason. It's possible. 
or uh, Wapner. Wapner, he needs to get home to <laughs> Judge Judy just just did a contract. Although, you know, also, what's it? Uh, Steve Harvey. He just got a position as a judge on TV. I saw. I mean, I think writing's on the wall here, people. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, do, do, I'm just checking. Uh, wait a minute. Seeing Republicans pushing for Kamala Harris to the Supreme Court, and it doesn't seem to be like trolling. It says Ash Short. Uh, she's a writer for uh, all sorts of publications. I want to say Washington Examiner, oh, Real Daily Wire, um, and uh, The Federalist, Observer. Yeah. Doesn't seem like trolling. It's not going to be easy by any stretch, but Democrats can confirm anybody that Biden wants to the Supreme Court as long as they get full party unity in the 50-50 Senate. Manchin never voted on Obama's Supreme Court nominees, he wanted Garland to be considered and voted for two of, of three of Trump's three. He voted again. Well, he didn't vote against Amy Coney Barrett. He voted against the process, if I recall correctly. So, um, but these are, yeah, I mean, you, Manchin and Cinema, they all went along. So, I don't know. I, th- I, I, I can't see them tanking a Biden nominee. Now, maybe they try to influence Biden to put somebody in there who's a little bit more moderate but i doubt it so i just don't have a (laughs) i don't have a very high opinion of that process but we'll wait and see i'm not making any predictions because they're kind of worthless i know uh i know the value of really anybody's predictions but mine specifically when it comes to this stuff um although i will say and i mentioned this kind of in passing uh during the kavanaugh hearing you really got a glimpse of the different organizations that exist to to push Supreme Court nominees and candidates through the process. And it's on both sides. There are these organizations, they've got media outreach, they've got connections, and they and and you saw it happen on the left with the uh, with the ability to weaponize the the scurrilous charges against the accusations against uh, Kavanaugh, uh, which like that was when you saw that and you saw the apparatus behind that and you saw the the connective tissue in these groups and these people, um, it that radicalized me on the whole process. There and by the way, there were some also remember uh, what's his name Ed Whelan. Like there were all these different organizations and they get behind certain judges and then they try to push them through. So there's that going on. Be aware. We shall see uh, how well the uh, the Democrat operations are. Um, Democratic lawyer and discredited dossier funder Mark Elias is now trying to escape sanctions that he got slapped with in uh, a federal appeals court last year for misleading that court. The former lawyer for Perkins Coie, and by the way, the reason why I'm going over this Mark Elias story is because the connection here to North Carolina is pretty solid. Um, He is the guy who has been suing North Carolina repeatedly on redistricting matters, but also on election law. So uh, and and, and he is the Democrat, quote unquote, super lawyer that they bring in in order to um, to process or or to, uh, yeah, well, to prosecute various election related cases. He was uh, Governor Roy Cooper's lawyer during the recounts uh, that occurred when Cooper beat McCrory. So that's the connection here in North Carolina. And the guy's a raging partisan hack and a hypocrite. We'll get into the details on that after the news up next.